Welcome to the Burning Life Podcast, episode number 45. My name is Adam, and I'm your host on the podcast where we discover birds and the people that pursue them. Today, I'm hosting the February edition of the Burning Life Show. We recorded the show overlooking the Indian Ocean at the stunning 305 guest house in Amazantoti. Be sure to check out their February promotion and take advantage of their massive 30% discount on all accommodation bookings. To book, visit www.305guesthouse.co.za. The Birding Life is proud to be associated with Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lasser bird logging app. Spot, plot, play a part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. This month's episode is part one of a two-part episode. In part two next week, we'll be having a chat to Blessing Majorca about the controversial name changes to some species in South Africa. But today we'll be looking at some special sightings around the region, as well as looking back in history to see the birds that have been seen in the region in the years gone by. Be sure to check out our website, our YouTube channel, as well as our various social media pages. Last week's guest on the Youth Birding Podcast was Josh Klein. He is a young birder who helps out with raptor rehabilitation. He tells us all about what he learned about these awesome birds. So be sure to check that podcast out. So without further ado, let's hear from the Birding Life team in today's episode. Okay, guys, welcome to the monthly Birding Life show, the show where we all get together and we just chat about birds, about life and about whatever comes up. Um, this is the show where anything can happen, and it usually does. So I want to welcome Calvin and Tyron to the show. What's got blessing? He'll be coming on just now, and also behind on the sound and cameras, and that is Chris. So welcome to the show, guys. Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So just in terms of the last month or so, as uh, for birding. Well, before we get into that, just to let you guys know, we are trying another blend of, of the Outliers brand, Outliers Coffee Roasters, coffee with a purpose. Every time you buy coffee, every time you buy Outliers Coffee, what you're doing is you're actually making a contribution to conservation or some meaningful cause. We are drinking the Elusive Blend today. It's a really good blend of coffee. And when you buy this here, you actually give towards the EWT, which is the Endangered wildlife trusts birds of prey program so get a, get this coffee it's really good coffee we'll pop the link into the website of this and also to let you know that today we are recording at the stunning 305 guest house in a mams and toti if you are watching this on youtube you will notice behind us there is a stunning view i mean we're just chatting when we got you there's a stunning um, sunset at the moment and if you're looking to see pelagics i think this is a great spot to come in and look for uh, for pelagics it's also in close, close proximity to a lot of the KZN birding spots. You're right in the heart of the Sapphire Coast, which has got nearly 300 species of birds. And I really encourage you, check their website out. We'll also um, pop a link in if you would like to book these guys. But how cool is this, how cool is this venue? Yeah, Adam, I was going to say, we couldn't have picked a better venue and a better evening, actually. I, I don't think I've, I can remember such a still, a still summer evenings. Normally, we're dealing with either a howling northeastly or a... Um, a raging southwesterly coming up from uh, from the south so yeah lovely venue lots of space it looks like you could have many functions here as well at this uh, this guest house uh, it seems more more of a hotel than a guest house actually but um yeah just the views alone and uh, what we were saying earlier is, is certainly within the, the transition periods um, during the whale migration i think if you sat on this deck here you'd probably count 20 30 humpback whales breaching and and when they, they they're migrating with their their calves so this would be a great spot to come here as well 
I think the most interesting story is that this stunning B&B, Tyron actually used to live here. Yes, that's right. It's actually made up of three properties and the middle property I used to live live at for 18 years of my life. So oh, really? I know this view quite well. So like over the, just since the last show, I know we haven't done this for two months. Um, how's the birding been? Um, any birding trips you guys have done? Um, how has your guys' birding been over the last couple of months? Um, yeah, look, I think December was was a really, really cracking month for, for birding. Um, certainly not, not only for me, but, but most other people. We were we seemed to be quite uh, quite relaxed in inverted commas in our lockdown. So, you know, there weren't as many restrictions as it seems like there are at the moment um, under under level three uh, lockdown. But um, but yeah, birding, birding in December was great. J- January has uh, slowed down quite significant for me. I've actually started full-time work again. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, so I've just managed to get out once or twice. Or most notably, I think it's 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 the the best the, the worst kept secret at the moment. But um, I, I managed to stumble across um, Roseland's nature reserve. Um, we did a fantastic YouTube video there. And um, what makes this this place so significant for those that don't know is it's probably at the moment it's arguably the best site in South Africa to find the highly endangered and highly threatened blue swallow. Um, they've got four breeding pairs. Um, in, in certain valleys there it's 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 really really high quality grasslands that this bird needs um in the in the mist belt so it's just outside richmond in kwazulu natal and um the guys at rosen's uh, nature reserve and conservation center are doing a fantastic job not only preserving the preserving the environment that this bird um, needs but also you know attracting birders and and i, I tell you what you will get world-class experience when you go and chat to Nathan and the guys there. So um, highly recommend it. We, we, we'll happily put the link to Rosen's Nature Reserve in the bottom of this video and then also encourage you to go and have a look at our YouTube video so you can see it for yourself. And if you want to check it out, you're like like Calvin said, there was a great YouTube video I did. And what's been so exciting, what I'm so pumped about, and you know, a lot of people might not know what the birding life is about, but what I love about the fact is that you put these YouTube videos out and that a whole lot of people have been able to go up and experience a place that they might have never experienced themselves, and I think that is so cool. Yeah, great, Adam. Yeah, that's the idea. I mean, we just want to we just want to showcase where where we go birding, who we meet along the way, and I mean, like our slogan says, discovering birds and the birders who pursue them. So that's that's the aim of those videos as well. And Tyron, Tyron, Tyron's normally the guy out of us who does the most traveling. He's like uh, normally drinking champagne and chasing birds and that. So he's like, yeah, I don't know, but. How's your birding been over the last couple of months? Yeah, no, it's been very good. Um, over Christmas, I went to Babanango Valley Lodge, which is in southwestern Zululand. And it's, I mean, the birding was like really amazing there. Uh, the food was even better. <laughs> I can't remember all the birds I, I saw, but I can remember every meal I had. <laughs> uh, any shaking, I can remember the birds as well. Yeah, I got um, bushveld pipit, striped pipit, blue crane, quite a, quite a few good species there. Um, I must say I've also been enjoying local birding in January since I've been taking my kid to school in the morning. Me and my wife, after we drop her off at seven, we go to Tuilovo somewhere, either the southern side or the northern side of the river, and we, we bird for about half an hour or an hour. And we've been getting some, some decent birds. Today we got uh, Jacobin Cuckoo, which I see hasn't been recorded in the Pentad. So it's, it's quite nice just to do some local birding where you don't have to travel too far. And it's in the prime time, in the morning, all the birds are active. Do you think that Jacobin, I mean, I haven't heard of it being seen so far south, not worth uh, calling in 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 terms of... Um, I had a look on Sabab and 
it has been seen in neighboring pen turds with like okay. you know half a percent to one percent sure. reporting rate but i see there's quite a few good sites in the eastern cape so okay. it's not the southernmost point in in south africa but mm. i think it's fairly uncommon in southern KZN. It seems to pop up around this area quite a bit. I mean, I know the one lady got it um, just south of Durban at uh, Mondi Canal, um, just around there. And I think about two years ago, Chris, I think we got it down also at about more or less the same place you got it. So it does seem to to show up around in in different in the, some of the local areas. That it's quite it's quite a, it's always a special bird to see, nevertheless. Yeah, in terms of my own birding, I think it's been a bit quiet. Um, been uh, December and January, I was in the process of moving. So there was a whole lot of days where I didn't get to go out and bird. Quite sad. But uh, one of the days I remember, probably the most memorable day, was a local birding trip. And I woke up and it was pouring with rain. And at about 10 o'clock, the rain stopped. I thought, let me just take a drive around. Let me go and look what what, what I'm going to get. And drove into one of the local areas um, and just drove around. It was a whole lot of just normal birds, just normal things, really beautiful birds, rattling cesticulars and just your normal stuff you get like on a normal a normal day's birding with us. Um, but as we were driving into the, as I drove into the valley, we saw a, a European honey buzzard, um, drove down into the valley and we got, which, which are showing up quite a bit at the moment, quite surprised European rollers. They're showing up all over at the moment and on the way out again, got a second European honey buzzard so you know it was a really great day and it was just literally within 10-15 kilometers where I stay and I mean just more and more as I speak to birders I think a lot of we we often I think I think we enjoy it's always great to travel to new spots but I don't know there's something exciting and Tyron spoke about this a while ago about actually discovering something in your local patch going to a local pentad and just going where you go all the time and you know, just finding something awesome. I mean, myself and Tyron, we went, I think last week, we went around and ugh, the birding was terrible. We went to all our spots and we went down to Bayhead eventually and, and we got a garden um, warbler there, which is a really cool bird to get down there. And, you know, it just shows, just get out and bird, whether it's local, whether it's traveling, you you never know what you're going to see. Yeah, I would um, I would definitely second that, Adam. And, and it's, um, you know, the, these times that we're living in, we, we're forced, whether we like it or not, to 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 actually explore our local areas. And, and I actually learned something two days ago. I went birding in, in the little forest um, in the state that I stay at, out in Belito. And for the first time, I mean, I've seen grey waxbill probably two or three times in, in the last seven years that I've lived there. And I, out of the corner of my eye, it was quite a dark morning. And um, I just saw something f- uh, flying out of, a, uh, out of a spectacled weaver's nest. And if anyone knows what a spectacled weaver's nest is, it, they normally... Uh, hanging hanging on a, on a dead twig or a snag by themselves in the middle of a forest sort of setting and I saw something something small uh, fly out of this nest and I, I, I couldn't I thought well what is that is it maybe it, it was the size of like a green twin spot or something similar you anyway, know I, I hung around the area a little bit longer and it uh, out popped this gray waxbill and the first thing I thought to myself well, what is a gray waxbill doing in this nest and then I flicked onto um, the, the, the Roberts uh, 2 bird app and I, I had I was just trying to read and familiarize myself with the nesting habits of grey waxbill and it and they do they they parasitize I don't know if that's the right word but they they, they, they sort of steal uh, spectacled weavers nests amongst others and they they, they they line it with their own feathers and their own down yeah and I mean that was something that was no more than a kilometer from a house you know what I find you know also about going and doing local birding and you're talking about grey waxbill now which has been something that you hear about but the more you start birding your local patch and atlasing and seeing what you get around in your local pentads, you start to, what I'm starting to see more and more is, is, is the reality of habitat loss. And you, it reminded me when you mentioned the gray waxbill, 
there's a little spot we go down to the valley. I can't remember what the area's name is. Blessing will know when you go down past the dump and you go down to the area. What is that area called there? Inquadi. If I'm saying it wrong, forgive me. <laughs> but we were, you go down the hill and there's always a, really, a great little spot. Used to spot always every time I stopped there, there were grey wax pool there, and it was an amazing spot. You just stopped there and you could pour a cup of coffee and bird there for half an hour, and you'd notch up 20, 30 species just sitting in that one spot. And I went back there at the end of last year, beginning of this year, and a guy's building a house there now, and and it's been the first time that I've ever gone there that I haven't got that I haven't got grey wax pool. And, you know, more and more, we, we're seeing the reality of, of habitat loss in terms of, and I think if you get out there, you, you're going to start to see how habitat loss is actually affecting the birds we can see. And it's going to be interesting to see over the, over the time how birds are going to decline. Yeah, it's a sad thing. I mean, you know, that's a whole other podcast discussion, I think. But, you know, the challenge of, of human, you know, human encroachment and human settlement and, and environmental conservation or sustainable development. You know, what's more important, that, uh, us conserving a site for a grey wax pool or a, or a guy building a house for him to have a roof over his head? You know, these are, these are the sort of the challenges that we, we've got to grapple with and for those of us that love nature. And every time you speak about preserving certain spots, the argument that always comes up is, well, what about job creation? I mean, just, just down the road here, one of our local birding spots, they are building a, a, a automotive business park now, which is going to screw up so much of the natural environment up there. And the, the challenge comes in because the reality is, and it's the same with farming. You look at farming, you know, we need to eat. So we need farms to eat. But the reality is, is that sometimes our needs end up actually buggering up the environment around us and it's sad i mean i think tyron spoke about it many times the the biggest problem with the environment is is the growing population three of our guest house is a luxurious comfortable four-star graded guest house in amanzam toti they are well known for their beautiful panoramic view of the majestic indian ocean their famous 305 deck extends over all three of their properties offering an unsurpassed view being a contemporary luxury guest house, they pride themselves on their service levels and friendly customer care. They offer a variety of room options, each individually decorated to suit your needs, personality and group size. Their top-notch facilities are what sets them apart from the rest. Their beauty salon Beauty at 305 is a skincare and body treatment clinic that offers a range of beauty treatments including Swedish massages, skin treatments, mani-pedis, and the newest addition is ozone therapy. All treatments are administered by internationally qualified therapists. Next, they boast two hair salons specializing in ethnic and Caucasian hair. It has never been this easy to pamper yourself and look good at the same time. Their in-house gym is free to use for their guests and they have a personal trainer option for the extra active folks. Their restaurant offers breakfast and light lunches, freshly baked cakes, and delicious coffee. Their slogan reads, arrive as a guest, leave as family, as they consider their guests to be their family. They provide a temporary home to them and they take that job seriously. They are extremely focused on making their guests feel at home. Take advantage of their February promo and receive a massive 30% discount on all accommodation bookings. Book with them directly by visiting their website, www.305guesthouse.co.za. That's www.305guesthouse.co.za. So yeah, let's just um, 
Trevor's Redbird news email, I've gone over it, scoured it for the last month. Um, Trevor Hardiker runs it. We'll pop the link in if you want to subscribe to it. He was actually the guest on last week's show. That that was such a cool episode. I encourage you, go back and check it out. I've had so many messages, people just saying how much they enjoyed the episode. And um, I know Garrett Skeet has been running it. Uh, I'm saying his name right, Garrett Skeet. Stead, I'm not sure. Shane, maybe we can get him on the podcast and he can say his name. Forgive us, Gareth, for we have sinned. Garrett. Not Gareth, Garrett. Anyway, but they do a great job um, sending out the rare bird email. So a couple of birds. We're not going to go through every single species, but just a couple of the highlights over the last month. What is interesting is Madagascan cuckoos are showing up all over. I mean, it's one of those birds that oftentimes people are like, you don't see them very often. And then all of a sudden, Shishlui Game Reserve, which I know Calvin went up and saw. Maybe you can just share on that quickly. Um, Marnevale up in Harare. And in Sutdoring Nature Reserve in Bloemfontein in the Free State, three of these Madagascan cuckoos have showed up literally within the short period. It's, it's insane. Yeah, look, um, you know, the, for, for, in speaking to a lot of birders and, and, and just seeing how excited everyone got, it, it is by far up, up there with the top two most difficult um, cuckoos to see in South Africa. They're... I think it's in, similar to the long-tailed barred cuckoo, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, um, this this one in Shishlui Mfalozi Game Reserve was was found. Uh, forgive me, I forget the person who found it, but the the news went out, and I think I, I was there within two or three days. Um, it was it was in perfect habitat. It was in a in a deep valley, uh, calling deep in the valley in, early in the mornings, and then uh, um, showing itself quite well in the mornings, and then only in the afternoon. Shame, a lot of birders went to go try in the midday and, and just struggle to find it. But um, yeah, I mean, a little bit of patience, uh, sitting in one spot, listening to a call, gradually getting closer, reward us with a, with a sighting, although distant. But um, yeah, happy to get that, that one on the list. So he has, he has other cool sounds. So that's kind of what you're hearing, just playing with the Robert Zap. Um, and, and thanks, Adam, for sharing that, because I actually... I'm, I'm, I'm planning on making a video on it fairly soon once the update, update comes to Android. But one of my biggest bonuses of the, of the first version of the, 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 the Roberts app is, is you can go back and look at the historical records of species. And if you look at this Madagascan cuckoo in, in particular, you can see it was quite a regular visit to, to, um, to Pinda Game Reserve in and around. Um, I, I can't recall how many sightings was there, but, but that was by far the majority in KZN. So it's in the right area. You know, it, it was unmistakable on the call. But it's it's quite a plain species, and it, do you not do you not think it's also a species that is possibly? I mean, we're talking about them showing up all over. Do you not think it's possibly also an overlooked species at times? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, cuckoos are, are, are difficult at the best of times, especially if they're not calling. Um, and and this bird in particular, you know, if for anyone that, that, that's ever tried to look for the cuckoos in, in um, Kruger and the rest of it, you try and lay eyes on it, and it's almost as though they know that you try and look at them because as you look at it, it flies and they sweep through. I, I don't know if it's just a the, the environmental conditions or the or the rains we've had at this time of the year, while there's been some, I mean, I suppose you could say in inverted commas a bit of an eruption of these Madagascan cuckoos. But yeah, I, I can, I'm sure it's an overlooked species, especially if it's not calling. And then in terms of um, another bird that's also been a big influx, which Tyron can just share a little bit story how he saw one, was the Bronzewing Corsa. I know you got one earlier this year and got to see that along with another really cool species. So tell us about that. Yeah, so I went birding... Uh, as I said, I've been birding by Lova River quite a lot. And there's a, a dirt road that runs along some sugarcane next to the river. And I went there early one morning. And I saw a bird on the road in the distance. 
And I thought, gee, that looks like a crake. It looks like a big crake. So I stopped the car and I kind of angled the car so I could look through the binoculars. And I actually thought it was an African crake because I know Blessing has seen an African crake on that road. And it was like, it was early, early in the morning. So I was like looking directly against the sun. Got a couple of photos of it, but they were like terrible. And then I reported on the rare bird group that there's an African crake. In five minutes later, I had a look at the photo and I thought, gee, is this a female African crake? And then I looked in the uh, bird app and I see there's no difference between the female and the male African crake. So I thought, gee, this isn't an African crake. So then I discovered it's actually a corn crake. So I was still happy because <laughs> it's still a good bird to get. Um, so then I drove along further, got some other birds. When I was on my way um, back back on the road, and people were messaging me, you know, can you drop a pin where this crake is? And I said, okay, that's fine. And as I sent the message, I was driving back, and I could see directly on my left there was a bird looking at me, like just two meters on the road, and it was a bronzewing corset. So then I had to say, oh, there's a bronzewing corset in exactly the same place now. So it was a pretty, pretty strange day, but like one of the best mornings I've had of, of birding. That's crazy. It's crazy. I've been looking for that corn crake <laughs> many times, and I don't know. Old, old James sees it all the time, just like I never, I haven't seen it again since. So, Western Cape. Um, hope I'm saying this right. If I'm saying this wrong, please feel free to correct us. Birds, sandpiper, um, a redneck phalarope, and a Franklin skull, all at Strandfontein. Strandfontein is like this epic spot. I know someone spoke about it. And they said, you know, when the when when birds almost fly over, you know, it's almost like the first water spot that they see when they come over so it's it's a really cool spot clip hook dam um broadball sandpiper and then trevor hardica's 540th species in the province was a woodland kingfish i mean that's way out of range that's a crazy bird for the western cape so really cool northern cape this is interesting dusty lark is cool but on the 18th of january there was a mega rarity i mean this i know tyron doesn't do rarity chasing but i mean he was putting petrol in his car to chase after it blessing was looking for the zulu bird name yeah even i think yeah so a bird showed up at i'm not even going to try to say the name of the waterhole but go check 18th of january a hardy dar ibis showed up <laughs> that's crazy i just was thinking did anyone actually go and twitch a hardy dar ibis i mean for overseas listeners it is like a flipping alarm clock it's, it's crazy. It's the first bird you hear every morning. I mean, do you think anyone went and twitched a hardy to ibis? I think every bird in South Africa has got that on their list. Well, only, I think the only serious listers for the Northern Cape would have, would have had to shoot out for that. But sure, anyone else would, uh, would overlook that and laugh at it. And probably we hope it was something more, a little bit more exciting than to drive out. Especially, we know the Northern Cape is uh, the most sparsely populated uh, province in the, in the whole of South Africa as well. Well, what's also strange is it's a very rare bird in Zimbabwe. And you wouldn't think so because... It's not a dry habitat necessarily in Zimbabwe. Mm. You would have thought it's very similar to Kruger and the like, but apparently it's it's quite rare there. But I mean, it is classed as a water bird. Interesting enough, it is classed as a water bird. So I mean, there would be probably around more water regions. And then um, Free State. This is a really crazy record. 28th of January, a greater frigate bird was seen. I mean, this is like insane. I mean, over Bloemfontein. I mean, that's insane i think it had a lot to do with maybe it's with um cyclone eloise i know there's been a whole lot of birds showing up at Kruger. i can't which 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 of the species have been showing up like stuff just crazy stuff showing up at kruger national park well, the main ones are the ct turns they seem to be showing up in kruger yeah. all over yeah 
Yeah, they, um, for, for people that have seen the photos, a lot of the guys are finding them just on the ground in the middle of a field. They're obviously quite worn out and tired. You know, the sad thing is, especially with those, uh, those frigate birds, I think it was a pair, male and female, greater, if I'm not mistaken, um, were seen in, in bloom. You know, it's, it's one thing finding them there, but you just hope that they, they've got enough strength to make the flight back because they're probably so bl blown so off course. You know, I mean, do, are their bearings completely out? Do they not know where to get back to, to the coast? I'm not sure. And then Eastern Cape, there was a mega, a sooty gull. I think it's still hanging around at the Kai River mouth. Also a pectoral sandpiper. I think with a lot of birders going out there, a lot of rarities are showing up. And then if you go, they went a little bit of, a little bit further up the Kai River and there was a, another broadball sandpiper, really cool species, Botswana. Interesting, um, another mega species in, the, in northern Botswana, a red-necked buzzard. I mean, that's a really cool bird for the region. A red-throated um, pipit at Gaborone Dam. Um, Gauteng, the Gauteng birders are going nuts at the moment. Near Pretoria, you're speaking about the sooty terns at Rodeplot Dam. There's a um, sooty tern. And then Limpopo, there was another mega, Azokel's uh, Drift Road, one of the roads I want to go and bird very soon as I can, a northern Wheatia. That's a really cool sighting. I mean, I know Daniel Engelbrecht, that was his, for Limpopo, that was one of his... Um, another one for his list. Well, I think that the, the last sighting of a northern Wheatia that I can recall... Um, I think Andre Burnham saw one up in, in northern Namibia um, not so long ago. So there wasn't a Madagascar cuckoo. It was me just checking something. <laughs> it's like, oh, guys got a Madagascar cuckoo in, in Toti. Okay. Just in terms of, I was just asking, uh, and I just, um, Magnoni and KZN. This is a really cool little reserve. And this stuff, they're showing up. Dwarf Bitten, Black Kite, um, Redded Weavers around there, Bennett's Woodpecker. So yeah, it's a really cool, bird, a cool, cool spot. Just to check us out, if you go onto our Facebook page, there's a special offer we got available. That's just a quick advertising. But Magnoni is a really cool place to bird. But just just before we call, we're gonna call blessing in a moment. But just I just want to really just quickly touch. I've got a cup. I've got an albatross, which was the the newsletter of the Natal Bird Club. This was from the year 2000. I want you to listen to this. There's a couple of birds that were seen. Okay. In Chelmsford Park at Hillcrest, reported by Peter and Jenny Spence, there was a dwarf bittern. That's like Hillcrest. That's a really cool bird, okay? I don't know if does again, Chelmsford Park. Does anyone know where this Chelmsford Park is in Hillcrest? I've seen the turnoff in the Sanford, but I can't, I can't actually picture it. I don't think I've been there. Now, I want to read this to you. This is pretty cool. A lesser moorhen, two pairs bred and raised chicks in Chelmsford Park, Hillcrest during January and February 2000. They were discovered and reported by Peter and Jenny Spence and, and the breeding program was monitored by Sarah Burns and Sally Horn. I mean, not just birds showing up, but a breeding pair. How, how, insane, how cool is that? Yeah, I mean, uh, th when last was there, uh, a lesser moorhen called anywhere in, close to Durban. The, the last one, I think, was in Sapistanga, and that was about two years ago, a year ago. A Natal rarity, African black oyster catcher. There were three that were seen on Anstey's Beach on the Bluff. And I think that just shows, you know, we're speaking about the decline of birding. I think that's where BirdLife South Africa especially have done an amazing job in terms of um, getting these species. I mean, we see them now all over and then they're not they're not a Natal rarity now. I mean, it's, they're quite common on our beaches and it's really exciting. Um, uh, Grey-headed uh, gray kingfisher was seen at Makuzi. An olive beater was was seen perched by the dam at Pongola Nature Reserve on the 24th of March 2000 by Sarah Burns. This is a cool one, an interesting story. An African pitta, I think it was still called the Angola pitta then. An adult bird was found in the hold of a ship in Richards Bay Harbour on the 23rd of February 2000. It was in a weakened condition and subsequently died. We we're sort of uns uncertain of how it managed to get on board the ship. I mean, that's so interesting. Reported by Andrew, Andrew Sutherland. I mean, that's... Interesting, interesting record. And just one more, which I think was quite cool. 
in December 1992, this is an older albatross, uh, a crab plover, an immature bird was found by Ian Sinclair at the Mgeni Estuary. How cool is that? A crab plover. I mean, that's in Durban. A black-naped and rosette, roseate tern seen by Ian Sinclair while birding, again, in, uh, the, probably on the same kind of day. And then a black kite was seen at Mschlunga's Sewage Works. I mean, it's just a really cool going back and looking at the birds that have been seen in our province. It's really cool just looking at the records going back. We are proud to be working in association with Wild Books to help get all the best birding resources into your hands at a great price. If you would like to support the Birding Life Project and the resources that we are putting out, please click on the link in either the comments section of this podcast or in our social media posts. Your support helps us to improve and hopefully make a bigger impact. Be sure to head over to our website www.thebirdinglife.com and check out all the exciting resources that we have on our website, including our exciting forum section to connect you with the world of birding, birders and exciting birds out there. Do not forget to follow The Birding Life on Instagram and Facebook. We really appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts. Be sure to check out Birdlasser and download the app on either iOS or Android and keep a lifeless while playing your part in social conservation. As well as Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars and spotting scopes. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.